This is Karen Goler, CSCS and Gymnastics Coach. Today's presentation is on specific conditioning for the female gymnast. It usually starts with a phone call. The phone call is usually from a gymnastics parent or a gymnastics coach and most often it involves a level 7 or 8 gymnast. The conversation begins like this. My gymnast can do 100 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, she can climb the rope easily but she can't do a cast handstand. My gymnast is struggling on uneven bars. Then I explain. The muscles used for push-ups, pull-ups, and the rope climb are not the same as the muscles used for the cast handstand. The exercises mentioned do not simulate the movement sequence of muscle contractions of a cast handstand. Then I explain more. I go on. Your gymnast needs gymnastics-specific drills and conditioning exercises for each skill she performs, including the cast handstand. Gymnasts need so much time for conditioning because they must prepare for all of the skills that they perform. Push-ups and pull-ups are great for general strength or everyday activities but not extremely useful for women's gymnastics. Females are not required to perform skills where they must bend and straighten their arms, other than the pullover on uneven bars. Men's gymnastics is different because they do bend and straighten their arms, they do a lot of pulling on rings. But with women's gymnastics, all of the required skills beyond that pullover are done with straight arms. There's a term called SED, Specific Adaptation to Imposed Demands. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but it's been, it was first used in 1945 by someone named Delorme. Specific Adaptation to Imposed Demands is, is the type of demand placed on the body dictates the type of adaptation that will occur. Specificity is the method whereby an athlete is trained in a specific manner to produce specific adaptation or a training outcome. That comes from the Essentials of Strength Training and Conditioning textbook. There's some more good information in that textbook. Uh, it's actually the book used by people studying for the CSCS exam uh, given through the NSCA. So incorporating resistance training exercises that mimic the movement patterns of the athlete's sport increases the likelihood that the muscles involved in the sport will be recruited. Although participation in the sport itself provides the greatest opportunity to pr improve performance of the sport, the proper application of spe specific Conditioning exercises will increase the likelihood that other training will also positively contribute to performance.
So with this in mind, let's go over some specific drills and conditioning exercises for the female gymnast. Now remember, if you want the gymnast to perform a certain movement during a skill, she must perform that movement during the drill or conditioning exercise. The first one on the list is the front raise to elevate. It's one of my favorite exercises for uneven bars. With that front raise to elevate, the reason I say elevate is because we want the gymnast to elevate her shoulders once she's in the handstand. So with the front raise to elevate, have your gymnast hold a light toning bar. Make sure you tell them they must hold it securely because if they drop it, they will get injured. They'll start holding the light toning bar in front of their thighs as if they're in a front support on uneven bars. So they're standing up holding the toning bar. Next instruct your gymnast to lift the bar forward and then up above her head. Once the, once the bar is almost at the top or at the top so that she is perfectly straight, instruct your gymnast to elevate her shoulders. That's very important. You do not want her to do her skills on bars with a big gap between her ear and her shoulder. You don't want them sagging. You want her shoulders elevated. Once she's at the top of the exercise, shoulders elevated, body straight, belly button in, instruct your gymnast to lower the bar to the starting position. Another great exercise is the supine kip cast drill. That's another, that's another one of my favorite drills. Supine means lying back, lying on your back. Think of supine on your spine. So instruct your gymnast to lie on their back. They'll be working with a toning bar or light dumbbells. Explain again that they must hold them securely. If they don't, if they drop the toning bar or dumbbells, they can definitely get injured. <coughs> Your gymnast will be lying on her back, holding the toning bar at her thighs. Same starting position as standing, but she's on her back this time. Once she's holding the bar securely, instruct your gymnast to lift the bar toward the ceiling, so that'll be above her chest. Then above her head, her hands will be touching the floor. So she's on her back with her arms above her head, toning bar is still in her hands. Her body is completely stretched as long as possible. Her shoulders are elevated. Once she's in that long, straight, elevated position, ask your gymnast to lift the bar toward the ceiling again, back down to her thighs. Now, once she, she brings that bar to her thighs, you can ask her to lift her head and upper back off the floor a little bit so that she's in that slightly hollow position because she will need to know how to lean forward for that kip. So the lifting from the thighs toward the ceiling and above her head, that simulates the cast handstand. The lifting from above her head toward the ceiling back down to her thighs simulates the glide kip, the kipping action, the very top portion of the kip. Now this next exercise is really, I know I've said it before, one of my favorites. 
These wouldn't be on this list, I guess, if they weren't. But anyway, the supine, meaning lying on your spine, ball throws. I like this exercise because it not only works on strength, it actually helps with speed. Now a lot of people don't realize that gymnasts need speed in almost every muscle of their body because the skills they perform are definitely, definitely not performed in slow motion. So a gymnast must perform a kip, a cast handstand, clear up handstand, and almost every other drill on bars with the correct timing and enough speed to get the skill done. So, you start this drill off with a nice light foam or nerf type ball um, because if you teach it to them with a heavy medicine ball to start with it could be very... Um, I've actually had gymnasts say that they were afraid to throw the ball because of the weight and because of the fact that they're lying on their back it would be very hard for them to escape if the ball went wherever they didn't want it to go. So your gymnast is lying on her back with a very soft ball holding the ball at her thighs. Once she's in that position, instruct her to lift the ball toward the ceiling and then throw it backwards. She's simulating a cast handstand. Now with the starting position, you can have her lie flat, everything on the floor, with her hands at her thighs for the backward throw, or you can actually have her start in a half hollow shape so that her head and shoulders are off the floor so she's slightly rounded in that upper back um, before she throws the ball. Once she releases the ball her body should be completely flat on the floor, arms above her head and shoulders elevated. This backward supine ball throw simulates the cast handstand and clear up handstand. Now let's reverse it. Now your gymnast is going to throw the ball forward. Again, start with a nice light foam type ball. Your gymnast is starting on her back with the ball in her hands and her arms are above her head. So everything is on the floor. The ball is touching the floor above her head. Your gymnast is lying flat, legs straight, feet pointed. Lower back pressed into the floor on both of these throws. Once your gymnast has the ball securely, instruct her to lift it, lift it toward the ceiling and then throw it past her feet. So she's throwing the ball forward. Now you can have her remain flat as she releases the ball or you can have her release the ball and perform a half hollow up as she's releasing the ball. Now with this throw, be sure to remind your gymnasts not to release the ball until their arms pass vertical. If they release the ball too soon, it can actually fall on top of them. So again, start with that nice light foam ball and they'll get a good feel for the exercise um, before you hand them something a little heavier to throw. Actually, another thought is besides the foam ball, you can actually use a pit cube, a foam pit cube from your pit. Uh, that's nice and light and um, pretty safe to throw. The next exercise, it's pretty challenging for many gymnasts on um, several levels. I've seen level 9 and 10 gymnasts <clears throat> have trouble with this exercise the very first time they perform it. 
I've also seen level 4 gymnasts be able to connect 4 and 5 in a row. So it's a good one. Have your gymnasts start in a push-up position in front of the wall. Their feet are in front of the wall. Head is nowhere near the wall. So your gymnast is basically 90 degree angle with the wall. Okay, her feet are at the wall. She's in a nice rounded push-up position. Once your gymnast is in the shape that you like, ask her to put her feet on the wall, maybe a foot from the floor. Again, double check her shape. Reminder, she must keep her belly button in, lower back nice and straight, arms and legs straight, and shoulders elevated. From there, she's going to walk her feet up the wall slowly and at the same time walk her hands in towards the wall. So eventually your gymnast will end up with her toes, nose, and maybe her ribs on the wall. Her belly button does not touch the wall because if her belly button is touching the wall, there's a chance that she's actually arched. So it's the belly button lift shape. We'll go over that in a, in a moment or two. Um, her back, her lower back is nice and straight. Her shoulders are elevated, legs are straight, feet are pointed. Everything is nice and tight, tight and tall. She's in a handstand facing the wall. Now you can either instruct your gymnast to do a straight arm, forward roll out, or you can have her walk back away from the wall and her feet can walk slowly back down the wall. With this exercise, many gymnasts get tired halfway through the first time they've done it halfway up the wall. Instruct them to either bring their feet down to the floor quickly or roll out depending on what point in the exercise they're at. Because if they fall belly first with their legs against the wall, they can actually injure their back. You don't want that to happen. So remind them and be ready to spot. With all of these exercises, be ready to spot. Remind them if they get tired to bring their feet down to the floor or roll out if they're too high to bring their feet down. The next exercise can be performed on the wall. Gymnasts can do it on their own or you can spot them. I like spotting gymnasts for this exercise. Uh, I have them do it with their hands on a floor bar. The reason I like spotting is because they can go a little bit lower than they would go on, as if they were doing it on their own. And I can actually catch them or prevent them from collapsing down um, if they planch further than they're ready for. So your gymnast will be on the floor bar in a handstand. Your hands, you're, you'll be spotting her shoulder and her shin. If she's very tall, then you can, you'll have to adjust your spotting, probably her shin, um, her shins only. But if she's a smaller gymnast, and if you can get that one hand underneath her shoulder, and then the other hand on her shin, that's the, in my opinion, that's the safest way to spot. So once your gymnast is in that handstand, shoulders elevated, everything straight, ask her to slowly planche forward. She's going to planche forward, lean forward. You're going to spot that shoulder. When you feel her shaking or when you see her starting to struggle, ask her to push back up to that handstand and guide her shins. Let her do all of the strength work, but be ready or be prepared to spot. 
because again a lot of gymnasts are not sure how far they can planche and they end up falling the first time or two and it's definitely not pleasant so again spot this exercise this exercise actually simulates the very top portion of the cast handstand and the clear hip handstand and many people don't train that very last that last quarter of the skill for some reason they're only training the first half of the skill and then they wonder why the gymnast has difficulty completely opening that shoulder angle and it needs to be trained just like so many of the other skills that we do remember if you want your gymnast to have the correct form and shape in her skills, she must have the correct form and shape in her drills and conditioning exercises. And again, the muscles will perform exactly as they were trained to perform. If your gymnast trains with great form, nice straight legs, correct shapes, then her skills will, and she'll compete with the correct form and good shapes. But if your gymnast is not focusing on every detail, then she's going to compete that way as well. Shapes. We know that gymnasts have to perform several shapes for every skill that they do, so we must train the shapes that we see most often. Many of you have seen some or all of these exercises, but it's always good to review. Now, my favorite exercise on this list is definitely the belly button lift. If you have a gymnast that does not have a perfectly straight handstand, this drill should help them. Ask your gymnast to lie on her belly, stretched out as long as she possibly can, arms above her head. Legs are straight, feet are pointed, chin on the floor, arms above her head, stretched, shoulders completely elevated. Now, once your gymnast is stretched as long as she can, ask her to lift her belly button off the floor. If she does it correctly, you'll see her lower back rise toward the ceiling, and you'll see her back straighten out. It's the same motion as the pelvic tilt that physical therapists often ask patients to do. So again, your gymnast is lying stretched out on the floor as long as possible. Once you, once you like how far stretched out she is, her, her shoulders are elevated, her legs are straight, feet are pointed, ask her to lift her belly button off the floor. Sometimes you have to ask them to lift their hip bones off the floor as well to get that tilting action because it is a very difficult concept for many of them to understand if they've never actually done it. After you do this exercise with your gymnast, ask them to do another handstand with that shape. And you'll see, you'll almost see immediate results. It's amazing, this, this one exercise. The next one is the half hollow. Instruct your gymnast to lie on her back. You can either have her put her hands on her thighs or above her head. Either way, her feet must be pointed, legs must be straight, head must be neutral. Let's, let's do it with her hands on her thighs first. So ask your gymnast to place her hands on her thighs. Once her hands are in place, ask her to lift her head, shoulders, and upper back off the floor until her fingertips are almost touching the very top of her kneecaps. That's the half hollow shape. 
ask her to hold it there a couple of seconds and see if she can. Many gymnasts have a lot of trouble with this particular shape. Now again, the lower back must be straight, so ask her to perform the belly button lift shape before she even starts the half hollow. Going back to that belly button lift, make sure she performs it on her belly, understands that tilting action, and then have her flip onto her back and perform the same exact action and you'll see her lower back press down into the floor. Make sure she keeps her legs straight. Many gymnasts tend to bend their knees when they do this tilting action. So again, back to the half hollow. Belly button lift or pelvic tilt so their lower back is on the floor. Straight legs, feet pointed, hands on her thighs. Have her lift her head and shoulders off the floor and her fingertips are almost touching her knees. That's the half hollow. You can have her do this with her arms above her head as well. Once she understands it with her hands at her, on her thighs, have her do it with her arms above her head. Once that's very easy, you can put a light toning bar in her hand. And guess what? That's, that's a good part of the tapping action for giants on bars. The next one is the tight arch. That's good for the back handspring and Yurichenko vault. We don't want a very loose and bent arch. We want a nice, tight, ar controlled arch. So have your gymnast lie on her belly. Straight legs, feet pointed, of course. Arms above her head and shoulders elevated. Always work with elevated shoulders. Once she's in that nice, stretched position, just ask her to lift her arms, chin, and chest slightly off the floor and her legs slightly off the floor. You can make that arch as big or as small as, as you want um, depending on what skill you have in mind when you're assigning this exercise. Remember, you want to assign these conditioning exercises with specific skills in mind. You don't want to always randomly assign them. You want to have a specific goal in mind when you're assigning conditioning and drills. Very important. <clears throat> So while your gymnast is in that tight arch, she'll look like the bottom of a rocking chair. Okay, so flip her over to her back again. We'll do the exact reverse, the hollow rock. Gymnast is lying stretched out on the floor, straight legs, feet pointed, shoulders elevated. Have her press her lower back down to the floor. So there's that pelvic tilt position again. And then have her lift her arms, head, shoulders, and legs off the floor. So she looks like the bottom of a rocking chair, but her belly is facing the ceiling. Then you can ask her to rock, do some nice light rocks. By this point, your gymnast should understand what the tight hollow and the tight arch feel like. But of course, they need practice every day with shapes. The next one is definitely more challenging. I have gymnasts perform this exercise with their feet on sliders. And I've called it rainbow slides forever. Um, instruct your gymnast to get into a push-up position, feet on the sliders, legs straight, arms straight. Next, instruct her to round out her upper back. Make sure she's in a shape that you like. Hands no further than shoulder width apart. Then instruct her to slowly slide her feet away from her hands so that she, 
excuse me, begins to perform a rainbow shape rather than a push-up shape. Eventually, she should get to a very long hollow shape so that she has no shoulder angle before she collapses to the floor. Now, the first time a gymnast tries this exercise, every gymnast I've ever seen do this exercise for the first time collapses to the floor very quickly. But after a few tries, they kind of understand that they have to use almost every muscle on the front of their body to keep this nice, tight, round shape. And it gets better and better. And as they get better at this exercise, you'll see a lot of their skills will be tighter and, and stronger. The next exercise is one that I definitely spot. It's the handstand open round. Now I have gymnasts perform this on the floor bar. I like floor bars because they really save on the wrists. So instruct your gymnast to perform a handstand on a floor bar. Be very ready to spot. Um, if a gymnast presses out in either direction too far, she can collapse. So you're holding your gymnast's legs. If it's a small gymnast, you can actually hold the back of her shoulder. Make and help her control this exercise. Once she's in the handstand, everything nice and straight, shoulders elevated. Ask her to slowly press her armpits out toward the wall that she can see. She's not performing a big arch. She's performing just an, an open shoulder, slight arch with the upper back only. The lower back stays straight, actually in a belly button lift shape. The upper back is what we're working on right now. Once she's in that open shape, ask your gymnast to pull back up to vertical, a nice, tight, long handstand. Then ask her to go in the exact opposite. Now she's, now you're lowering her legs on the other side, and she's rounding out her back. Remember, she must have no shoulder angle on this rounded shape. So you'll see that going from the open to the tall to the round is similar to what her upper body should be doing for a back handspring and Eurochenko vault. It's also similar to what her upper body should be doing for a giant on bars. Make sure you're, you're ready to make sure you're spotting this one carefully because again when a gymnast first starts this exercise um, she's not sure how far she can go in either direction and she can collapse. Again, since gymnasts are constantly moving, they must be able to perform several shapes quickly for skills and routines. The conditioning should simulate some of these movements or as many of the movements as you can possibly create. Sometimes the gymnast must hold a shape as she moves through space, such as holding a tuck position for a forward roll or a double back. She must be able to hold a straight shape as she performs a cast handstand once she's done with that initial kick. Her, her upper body is in motion while her core remains motionless for that cast handstand after she performs that initial kick off the bars. So, as you know, she has to be able to hold certain shapes. She has to be able to freeze part of her body in one shape while the other part is moving. And we really have to train for as much of that as possible. Shape and movement. 
Now this first one, I actually learned this first exercise from Roberto Pompito. He was a men's national coach. He coached Domini Dominic, um, I don't remember his last name. But anyway, I used to watch the men's national team warm up. And this was one of the exercises in their warm up. I like it because it stretches the back side of the legs, the hamstrings and calves. It strengthens the psoas, the hip flexor muscles, and the upper body muscles. So it's useful for many different skills. So have your gymnast start standing in a straddle and then instruct her to place her hands on the floor in front of her as if she's going to perform a standing press handstand. Next, instruct your gymnast to move her hands forward six, maybe eight inches away from her feet. Once her hands have been moved, ask her to shift her weight towards her hands, upper body. Make sure her back is nice and round and her head is neutral. And then instruct her to slide her toes in towards her hands so she's compressing again. Once she's compressed, instruct your gymnast to move her hands forward and then slide her feet in again. Have her go down the, the length of the floor. Once she can perform the forward, or once she gets to the end of the floor, instruct her to perform the same exercise backwards. Backwards, it looks a little bit more like a hop, but it's really not. It's a pressing action. So with the backwards, instruct your gymnast to shift her weight towards her upper body, her hands, and then press until her feet are about an inch off the floor, and then place her feet further away from her hands so that she'll have to move her hands in to shift her weight again. Now don't let her move her feet too, you know, 24 inches away from her hands, that's too far. Maybe 8 to 12 inches out at the furthest, depending on her height. So again, she's working her upper body, her hip flexor muscles, and her hamstrings are being stretched with this one exercise. The next one is rainbow walks or push-up walks. I have gymnasts do this exercise on sliders, but if that's too easy for them, I have them pull something bigger, maybe like a flying saucer that you would go down a hill of snow in and put a weight on that flying saucer so they're actually pulling a weight. Or you can put ankle weights on them while they, while they use the sliders. Anything to make it a little bit more challenging if they're at that point. So have your gymnast start with her feet on the sliders, hands on the floor, rounded position, straight arms, straight legs, fingers facing forward, because she can't work on even bars with her fingers facing out. Um, and it does make a difference in how the muscles are trained. So her fingers are facing forward, thumbs are facing each other. Once she's in the shape that you like, just simply ask her to walk her hands forward down the length of the floor. Now many gymnasts will start out in that beautiful shape and then three steps forward and they start to sag their lower back. So constantly remind them belly button lift shape. Their lower back must be straight and try to keep them as round or straight as possible depending on what skill you have in mind when you're assigning this exercise. Now the forward walks, it's the same upper body motion as a kip except they're actually pulling their body weight with one arm at a time. 
So again, forward, forward rainbow walks, they're actually training for the glide kip. I prefer a rounded shape over a flat shape because if her back is too flat when she's trying to do a glide kip, she's not going to get on top of that bar. She's going to fall back down. Once your gymnast is at the end of the floor walking forward, ask her to start walking back. But before you do that, double check her shape. Make sure her legs are straight, shoulders are elevated, arms are straight, fingers facing forward, nice rounded upper back, and then let her walk backwards. That backwards walk is the same motion as the cast handstand and clear hip handstand. It's not the initial kick when her hips are first leaving the bar. It's that middle portion of the clear hip. So again, double check her shape as she's traveling backwards. The next one is a real challenge. I've never seen a gymnast make it the entire length of the floor on the first attempt with this exercise. Not that I can remember, and I would remember something like that. My number one rule is you have to keep your, once they are used to the exercise, you must keep your feet off the floor the entire way. You don't have to assign them the full 40 feet of the floor. I mean, you can tell them to just travel 10 feet. As long as whatever length of floor you assign them, they follow your rule of keeping their feet up. Now, the reason it's so important for them to keep their feet up is because they're training their hip flexor muscles. They have to be able to hold that tuck position, too. So, have your gymnast start sitting in a tuck position. Have them lift their feet off the floor, point their feet, and then have them place their hands even with their feet or maybe even slightly forward of their feet, sitting in a tuck. Once their hands are in place, ask them to shift their weight towards their hands, lift their buttocks off the floor, and then they're literally swinging their hips forward and then placing their, feet, their butt back on the floor. So they basically have just swung forward. Now as they're traveling down the floor, remind them they must keep their elbows straight on the swinging portion. When, when their weight is actually on their hands, they must keep their arms straight. That forward motion simulates the very last portion of that glide kip. So not only are they training their hip flexor muscles for strength and muscle endurance, they're actually training their upper body to perform the very top portion of that glide kit. So once they get to the end of the assigned area or down the floor, ask your gymnast to reverse it. Now they're going to travel backwards. Now the backwards is the very beginning portion of that cast on bars. The rain, remember the rainbow walks that we did before, that was the middle portion of the cast with the upper body. Now this butt swing is actually the very, the initial phase of that cast, the very beginning of that push. So have your gymnast sit in that tuck, feet off the floor, have them move their hands back just a bit, maybe fingertips even with her hips, maybe a little further back depending on where she's comfortable. Allow instructor gymnast to shift her weight toward her hands, straight arms, and swing back and she's pushing with her upper body. You'll see as she's moving um, the, it's the same motion as that initial push of the cast for bars. Now once she can do this in a tuck, ask your gymnast to perform this in a pike. Actually 
more like a V, not a pike. Ask your gymnast to perform it with her feet above her head. Not in an L, but actually in a V. That's a challenge. The next one, back to, the, back to our other shape, our nice hollow shape. We're going to go hollow to a plank. When the hollow plank is really easy for them, then you can ask them to do a hollow to a rainbow. So to start this exercise, instruct your gymnast to lie on her back, really straight legs, feet pointed, lower back pressed into the floor. Then ask her to perform a hollow position, everything off the floor except her midsection. Once she's in the nice hollow position that you like, ask her to flip toward, toward her belly, but or toward the plank, but her belly button cannot touch the floor as she's flipping over. That's the hard part. So she's going from the hollow position, flipping right into that plank position. The only thing that should really touch the floor as she's flipping from the hollow to the plank is her elbow. Once the elbow touches the floor, she should be able to get right to that plank position. It's very important to remind your gymnast to hold that hollow shape with her torso and to keep her arms straight. Once that's easy, you can ask her to go from hollow right up to that rainbow shape. Then if you really want to make a challenge, challenging, have her go hollow, rainbow, and then walk her hands out to a long hollow and walk them back in or something like that. Okay, so the next one, hollow arch. Now you're combining two shapes. This one is good for her twisting. Instruct your gymnast to lie on her back, stretched out as long as she can, feet pointed, legs straight, shoulders elevated, arms above her head. Then instruct her to roll toward her belly so that she's in a tight arch. Now as she's going from the hollow to the arch and back to the hollow, instruct your gymnast she must keep her arms straight and shoulders elevated. That's a challenge for almost every gymnast I've seen. And she must keep her midsection on the floor. Her lower back must remain on the floor when she's in that hollow shape. Some gymnasts tend to arch their lower back um, and then they're not in that correct hollow shape. So remember, she's hollow. Legs and arms are off the floor. Shoulders are elevated. She flips over to the arch. Make sure she's elevated in the tight arch position that you want her in. Then ask her to flip back to the hollow without her arms or legs touching the floor. Make sure she does this in both directions. You can have her doing it in place or you can have your gymnasts travel down the length of the floor one side one time then they get back to the end and then they can turn around and do the other side. Make sure they're training both sides though. <coughs> the next one is the wall climb to a handstand but we've already discussed that one. And like I said before, the forward roll is one of the first exercises that your gymnast must be able to hold a shape as she's moving through space. Here's the wall climb starting position. One gymnast is in a pretty good shape and the other one is not. <clears throat> the gymnast closer to us has a bit of a shoulder angle. Her hands are a little too wide and her head is turned to the side. She, I don't think she knew we were actually starting at, the to at that point. The other gymnast has a nice open shoulder angle, rounded 
rounded upper back and her shoulders are elevated. Her legs are nice and straight too. That gymnast actually ended up winning bars at level, level 7 states one year. <clears throat> so enough about bars. What about strength for leaps and jumps? The conditioning for leaps and jumps is definitely different than the conditioning for tumbling vault and uneven bars. Leaps and jumps involve the hip flexor muscles um, and many people do not condition and stretch the hip flexor muscles as much as they think that they are. The psoas, which is one of the hip flexor muscles, is used to lift the leg whenever a gymnast does a kick, a leap, or a glide on uneven bars. That psoas muscle stabilizes the spine, maintains the lordatic curve, that's the lower back curve, and assists in neutral pelvic alignment. It also helps stabilize the hip. Now problems with the psoas can mean problems elsewhere in the body. If one psoas, on one side, is shorter than the other, it can actually pull or twist the spine resulting in scoliosis, kyphosis, lordosis, trigger points, and spasms. A shortened psoas can also cause disc degeneration and it can lead to bulging or tearing discs. And when the lumbar is pulled forward as a result of a tight psoas muscle, the abdomen protrudes. The lower back arches more than it should. This extended belly does not necessarily indicate a need for abdominal strength. It often indicates a tight psoas. Now, if you have a gymnast that's performing skills and it's difficult for her to completely open her hip angle, if she's performing that arch pike shape that no coach likes, then there is a very good chance that it's her psoas muscle that's tight. And if it's tight, all of the effort in the world is not going to help. She needs to stretch that psoas. A tight psoas definitely makes it difficult for a gymnast to even stand straight. Now, without flexibil enough flexibility of that psoas, even in a leap, a gymnast will not be able to lift that back leg at or above 180 degrees because that's the muscle that, when it's tight, that hip angle again is not going to open. Now, this psoas is also a key player in running technique and sprint speed. Many people don't know that but it is. It's, it's very important and it, unfortunately it's the forgotten muscle. It's imperative for athletes to consistently condition this muscle and stretch it. Make sure it uh, gets stretched at the end of each workout so that the gymnast doesn't come in the next day with that arch pike shape before she even starts her skills. So again, it's very important to take care of the, those hip flexor muscles. So try this. You're sitting in a chair. Put your hands on your hips or across your arms. Feet are flat on the floor. Without tilting to one side or the other, just lift one leg up. Off the, one foot off the floor, one leg a couple of inches off the chair. 
That's the psoas muscle working. That's what that muscle does. It's responsible for lifting that leg. Now a gymnast needs much more of a challenge than that simple lift. So we'll have our gymnast sit in a pike, legs stretched out in front, feet pointed, legs straight. Instruct your gymnast to place her hands by her knees on the floor and then to simply lift her legs off the floor. I shouldn't say simply. Many gymnasts actually have trouble with this exercise. One, <clears throat> your gymnast's buttocks remains on the floor as she's lifting her legs off the floor. Make sure your gymnast has her hands at her knees or even further out by her ankles. That psoas muscle again is really so important. Now your gymnast should be able to perform a full leg lift hanging on the bars, completely stretched body, bring her feet forward and then all the way up to the bar. That's the psoas muscle working along with many other mu muscles. She should be able to perform the very top portion of that exercise, maybe a V and up, meaning starting at the top, toes are at the bar, and she just moves her feet about six inches away from, from the bar and then pulls them back in or a tight V up on floor. And she should be able to perform the L leg lift. So her feet in front of her belly button and lifting up toward the bar. Again, that psoas muscle is the one that's responsible for lifting those legs. So the gymnast must use that forgotten muscle, the psoas. Again, it's a postural muscle. It stabilizes the spine, maintains that lordatic curve, assists in a neutral pelvic alignment. It also helps stabilize the hip. And again, problems with that one muscle can cause problems elsewhere in the body. So again, really be sure to condition and stretch that muscle group. Now, if that psoas is tight and weak, your gymnast will have an incredibly difficult time reaching 180 degrees on any leap that she attempts. The back leg will not lift enough if her psoas is tight. The front leg will not lift enough if the psoas is weak. So you do need both strength and flexibility with that muscle group. Another exercise for the lift of the legs with the leaps is the attitude drill. It is a slightly, it is a different leg position than a split leap, but it does help the gymnast understand how to lift the legs and it does help with that actual kick of the back leg or the lift of the back leg, I should say. So ask your gymnast to sit on the floor, have her start in a butterfly position. Most gymnasts easily understand that. Once she's in that position, have her take one leg, swing it around behind her, and keep it bent. So the back leg, the inner thigh, is actually touching the floor. Her leg is behind her as far as she can possibly get it. Many gymnasts cannot get that back leg back too far if, if they're tight. Once she has one leg in front, the other leg in back, 
Have her place her hands on the floor, one on each side, and have her lift her front foot and leg off the floor. She's training the front attitude position and the lift needed for any kick or leap. Once she's done the front leg, have her place, put the front leg down and have her lift her back knee and foot off the floor. This one is very challenging for gymnasts who have never done this exercise. But it works those lower back and gluteal muscles um, which are needed for that back lift. And again, if you're doing this exercise and stretching the psoas, her back leg should eventually go a little higher on her leap. Remember, gymnasts must perform sport-specific conditioning for injury prevention and performance. Remember to simulate the skills as much as you can with these conditioning exercises and drills. Be sure to use her body weight, toning bars, fitness bands, dumbbells, and medicine balls. And always include injury prevention exercises as well. Remember, you want to offer your gymnasts a well-rounded training program that includes general strength, specific conditioning, flexibility, and injury prevention. If you do all of that, you should have strong and healthy gymnasts that progress at good rates. Thanks so much for attending this presentation. I really appreciate it. And for attending... You can get 50% off the downloadable training programs and ebooks at gymnasticsbooks.com. You must use the coupon code USAGPA in order to get that discount, and it, this offer ends on July 17th. Thanks so much for attending, and let me know how I can help you.